Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hey, welcome to the Oil Spills Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Ellingson. I'm with hockey beat writer, Derek Van Deest. We uh, are continuing our, I'll call it the Dog Days of August series of podcasts. You know, there's no, the news slows down to a trickle this time of year and, uh, you know, and predictably so. I mean, A, general managers and players and almost everybody involved on the operations side of a hockey team, are they're taking time off before September rolls around here. I'm sure that there are people doing work behind the scenes, but believe me, you know, in a month's time, uh, people will be doing uh, all the work needed as usual to prepare for an NHL season. You know, rookies reports and then veterans and then camp will be on. Leading up to the October 2nd start of the season. But, you know, one, probably the biggest deal of the summer for the orders, you know, not that there have been a lot. I'm thinking about free agents too, but the James Neal, Milan Lucic trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's, he was acquired back on July 19th for uh, Milan Lucic. Uh, now, we haven't talked at all about this trade on this podcast. We took a break ourselves up until mid-August here, and we haven't talked about the trade at all. Um, we talked a lot. We've talked a lot in the past, of course, about Milan Lucic and his struggles and and why he had them and their effect on the team. Uh, but you know, the Oilers now have James Neal. You know, Neal had a paltry season last year in Calgary. He scored just seven goals, twelve assists in sixty-three games. He was out of the lineup for nineteen. You know, he, this guy had had a consistent twenty-plus goal scoring type career over a decade, leading into Calgary. Uh, of course, it smacks of what happened to Lucic himself, uh, you know, after his first season with the Oilers. Um, you know, the last two seasons, uh, as most everyone listening to this knows, uh, were terrible for Lucic offensively. You know, he just had, you know, t- two seasons ago, he had 10 goals. Mm-hmm. You know, last year, just six. You know, for a guy who had been kind of like Neil, uh, a consistent 20 goal scorer, more or less, mostly for the Bruins and then for a year with the LA Kings. So, there is that. I mean, there, there is that similarity there. They had been, you know, relatively produceful, consistent players. Neil has more finesse. He's more of a finisher. I mean, obviously, Lucic's role is to be that prototypical power forward. But getting James Neal, Lucic did spend some time on the top line with McDavid over the, you know, particularly the first two years he was here. But James Neal in the past has played a top line role uh, for teams like Pittsburgh and for the Predators. He was a pretty key part of the Vegas Golden Knights two seasons ago in their first year when they went to the Stanley Cup Finals. 
James Neal, I think, is a is I think a step up on what Milan Lucic could have been for the Oilers. Oh, <clears throat> definitely. I I really do believe this is actually a very good trade for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, it was um, it was kind of twofold. James Neal just didn't fit in in Calgary, and he didn't fit in with with the coaching staff there, and and it it sounded like he didn't fit in with with the personalities with the with Droz and and the Monahans and and those guys in there, and and he just he had a bad year. And I think Dave Tippett made a great point when he talked about James Neal this summer. Uh, I caught up to him at a golf course at Mark Spector's golf tournament. He said that James Neal, for the past two seasons, he went all the way to the Stanley Cup final. So he his off-season training was cut short, well, basically both. Because when you go to the Stanley Cup final, you know, you're playing in the deep June, almost to July, and then by the time you decompress and everything happens, and and then you get into that training mode, it's almost August, and so you're kind of behind. I think NHLers like to, like to work up to the season, train about, six to eight weeks to kind of work their way up to, to really get up to speed. Uh, and they're probably in the gym a lot longer than that. And if your team is out in April, then you usually take in June, July, August to, to really train hard and, and really attack the, the next season, which you know, obviously a lot of the Oilers do because they don't make the playoffs very often. But when you go in as deep as, as you do on a run that James Neal did, um, you know, with the Nashville Predators and then the Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> that takes away from your off-season training. And then he signed the big contract with the Calgary Flames. He came in and he just didn't fit in there. He has to play a top six role. And I think that's the thing with James Neal. James Neal is a, is a top six player. He's a goal scorer. He's a guy that had 40 goals once. He's a guy that's every year consistently scored 20 goals. So he went from 25 with the Vegas Golden Knights to seven. So that's that's a pretty big drop-off. So you got to start asking, well, I don't think his game dropped off that much. I think it's probably the situation and the way he was used, and he was utilizing a third-line role towards the end of the season, and and it just didn't work out for him. So I think for him, there's two things that are really going to benefit the Edmonton Oilers. One, he had a full off-season of training. Flames were knocked out in the first round. So he had a full off-season of recovery and training. Uh, two, he's going to be a motivated guy. He's, you know, usually when a player has a drop-off season like that, he's motivated in the next season to say, hey, I'm worth the money that this team gave me. And three, as, as we kind of alluded to before off the podcast, is James Neal and Connor McDavid had a pretty good rapport at that All-Star game a couple years ago. And a lot of people got excited when they played together in the three-on-three and they said, wow, can you imagine these two on the same team? Can you imagine these two on the same line? Now the Edmonton Oilers getting a chance to see that. And I think getting an opportunity to play with Connor McDavid is a huge opportunity for James Neal. And no disrespect to, to Sean Monahan and Johnny Gaudreau and the guys over in Calgary, but this is a different level for James Neal to play a player like this. Like he got to play with Sidney Crosby. Now he's going to get to play with Connor McDavid. So I think it, the Oilers, Oilers fans should be excited about James Neal. And he's going to come in here. He's going to be a motivated guy. He's going to be a fit guy. And he's probably, from all, all accounts, he's he's... He's working out really hard this summer to kind of prove that last year was just a one-off and, and he can be a 20-goal scorer again. Yeah, because last season, I understand, he played most of his five-on-five time was played alongside uh, Mark Jankowski as a center. He didn't get much of any opportunity up on the top line with Gaudreau and Monaghan and probably because of chemistry considerations. But, I mean, they did have uh, Lindholm. They mm-hmm. traded for him, uh, you know, from the Carolina Hurricanes. Hampus Lindholm, he got a shot in the top line and obviously that really clicked. So whether or not James Neal 
really got a chance or not. And who knows, maybe if Lundholm wasn't around, who knows, maybe Neil would have factored more on the top line, but we'll never know because it didn't happen that way. You know, so he played mostly with Mark Jankowski. If he dropped down to the fourth line, he'd have his, as a center of Derek Ryan, but clearly you're playing fewer minutes and you're not getting, you know, all that prime time with the top guys. But in, you know, like you said, I mean, he did have a 40 goal season with the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's a, that's six seasons ago, but he did play with, alongside Evgeny Malkin. And that season, Malkin had, I think it was his best season in the NHL ever. I think he had a 50 goal year and a hundred plus points. You know, so it goes to show you that, you know, Neil benefited and flourished alongside and even helped feed a guy like Malkin as well. I know Neil's, you know, more of a finisher, more of a goal scorer than he is known to be a passer. However, you know, chemistry is chemistry. And then of course with Nashville, like same thing. When the Predators acquired Ryan Johansson, but this is like this is before that 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 Cup year, they went to the Cup final. Um, you know, he played top line minutes alongside Ryan Johansson, and he also played he played top line almost the entire time he was in Nashville as well. So this guy, you're right, he is a top six player. If he's not going to play in the top six, you shouldn't have him. Yeah, Connor McDavid is the best player in the NHL. He is the top centerman in the NHL. By far, in, in my opinion, and I think most people's opinions. So, of course, James Neal would be more than willing to come to Edmonton to see if he can do it with Connor McDavid and with Leon Dreisaitl, who's one of the best passers in the NHL. Yeah, and, and Neal's a finisher. He's a sniper. So it's going to be a very, very interesting dynamic. And I, it's going to be interesting how he kind of fits in the room. And I've always contended that when you bring in a, a big-name free agent like Neal was at the time when he came from, from the, the Vegas Golden Knights, it always takes a free agent, in my opinion, two years to kind of fit into the dressing room. Like his first year is always, you're always kind of trying to find your way, but it's not till the second year that I think you get the value out of a free agent. Now he's, he's going to be the first year in Edmonton. So he's going to see how he kind of reacts with those guys. But we saw that there was some camaraderie and there was some chemistry with him and Connor McDavid. And basically if you can fit in with Connor McDavid, you can fit in with anyone in that Oilers dressing room because that seems to be the way it's structured. Now, I also want to say that Milan Lucic going to Calgary is not a bad thing for the Flames either. They're not going to get the same return as in 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 a sense that Lucic is not going to score anywhere near 20 goals. I think his days being a goal scorer are over. I think he's just the game is a little too fast for him. He hasn't been able to keep up, and I think that's his biggest struggle. But you have a presence like Milan Lucic on your team in Calgary where you have all those guys like Gajot and Kachuk and Monaghan. And, and can you imagine the pest Kachuk's going to be now Then knowing that Milan Lucic is on, in his corner um, where before he was skating away from him, now he's got him in his corner. Can you imagine the room Gaudreau's going to get now? I don't think a lot of people will be slashing and whacking Gaudreau the way they have been the last couple of years with Milan Lucic there. You saw the job Milan Lucic there did here to kind of protect the star players. And I think that's a big thing. I think it's a big coup for Calgary. They're not going to get, they're paying a lot for a third line grinder, basically is what Milan Luchas has come. But sometimes that having that deterrent um, is a lot to the top six guy. And so I think you're going to see Goudreau have a very good season. You're going to see Kachuk even be more of a pest and have a very good season. You're probably going to see Monaghan have a very good season because that, Fear is not there anymore of them getting run or them getting cheap shotted or them getting basically treated the way they had been treated for the last couple of years and, and no one did anything about it. So I think for Calgary's sake, I can see why they would trade for Milan Lucic. I can see why this would be 
uh, a good deal for them. And I, and I see it, it paying off for them. Even if Lucic scores three, four goals this year, I think in a sense that he's going to be a very good deterrent in Calgary this season. Because both these both these players were commanding, you know, what, what $5.75 million contract for Neil, $6 million bucks for Lucic. I mean, Lucic's contract's more of a handcuff mm-hmm. than Neil's is. I mean, it was almost a, virtually bio-proof, Lucic's contract. Yeah. Whereas Neil, not so much. No. Which it, obviously is a, pl- is a, a plus, f- just in case things go south altogether. Yeah. I don't, I just get the sense that, you know, James Neal deserves another shot. He just didn't get his, his fair due in Calgary. You no, know? I agree. I agree. And, and you no, know, there, you got to wonder, James Neal's on his fourth team in his fourth year. Mm-hmm. A 20 goal score getting moved around as much as he does in the last four years. The, the, there may be some questions as why. Uh, why isn't he fit? Why didn't he fit in with the Calgary with the Calgary Flames room? You know why maybe didn't he fit in in Nashville as well as they would like him to? You got to wonder why if it's a personality thing or or whatever. But I do think if if he does well in Edmonton, like it'll be it'll be a very good thing for the Oilers because they they need that secondary scoring. They need that scoring from someone other than Drysaddle and McDavid uh, to get into the playoffs. And I think. This basically adds 20 goals to your lineup because you didn't subtract very much to get them. And we're not even talking about what if, you know, you talk about that. And if we're talking about, you know, Dreisaitl and McDavid, obviously they played together a lot on the top line this year. But if you're relying on one line, which would include Neil, mm-hmm. what's, who knows, maybe chemistry with Ryan Nugent Hopkins would be a bad thing either. Yeah. You know, you do have Alex Chason still on the team too. Who, you know, the orders resigned him. You know, and Chason did have a career year last year, 22 goals, benefiting from playing, you know, either five on five or power play minutes with McDavid in particular. But there's the Ryan Nugent Hopkins factor too. That would be great if the Oilers could have a one-two punch from their top two scoring lines, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah if you can get, you can get goals from your top two lines and then chip in whatever the third and fourth line. I think question marks, the Oilers are still the third and fourth line. I think absolutely because they just what who's will they the third provide? line center? Yeah, who's yeah, who's the third line center? What will they provide? And I think another wild card in that is Marcus Granlin. This is a guy that scored 19 goals two years ago. Can he get back to that 15 to 20 area, which will really help the Oilers in that bottom six? So you're looking at those numbers, and and you're hoping players have bounce back years, and you're hoping Chason has another good year like he did. You're hoping that wasn't a one off the 22 goals. Um, he had 22 goals, but Chason missed a lot of opportunities. He had a lot of goal posts. He missed some open nets. So he could add 30 in, if he, in all realistic. So he's getting those opportunities. So if he can make the most of them again, you have the 20 goals there. Hopefully, Jujar Kara has a bounce back here. He had a really tough year last year. By, by all accounts, he, he's been working hard this summer. And, and if you can get 10 goals, 10 to 15 out of him, they start adding up. And I think that was the problem with the Oilers last year is that they, they were really top heavy is the fact that all their scoring came from their top line and they got nothing else from the rest of the lineup. So I think if you can start getting guys to chip in, getting guys to chip in on the back end, uh, I think there could be, there could be something there for the Edmonton Oilers. Mm-hmm. You know, and I had one more thing with James Neal. I mean, last year in Calgary, played 63 games, seven goals. He's only scoring at a 5% rate. 5% of his shots went in. Yeah, but his career percentages is 11.5%. You know, so even if he had even been able to get up to uh, his career shooting percentage, he would have had a 20-goal year last year. But I think in order to do that, he needs to play with players worthy 
of playing with to help him get there. He does, and he needs to get some power play time, and he get, and he didn't get much last year because one of the reasons, the Flames were winning, so they're not going to change. If they're winning without you, they're not going to change anything. So, you know, you feel bad for James Neal, but they're winning. So we're winning with the guys we have. You con- contribute where you can, and, and, you know, if they need you to move up, then then you try and move up. But I think that was another factor as well is that the, the Flames were doing really well basically without him in the top six. So they weren't going to change anything. So you're right. He's going to get some power play time here. And uh, I think he's going to get every opportunity to succeed. I think Dave Tippett likes him a lot. Dave Tippett had him when he was very young in Dallas as a rookie. And I think Dave Tippett, he's looking forward to seeing what James Neal brings to the table this year. Like what you heard today? Get more of the Edmonton Journals and the Edmonton Sun's award-winning journalism complimentary for 30 days at edmontonjournal.com slash podcast or edmontonsun.com slash podcast or both. Why not? You know, going back to uh, James Neal working out this summer, he's been working out in Toronto uh, with Gary Roberts, who is, you know, former NHL, well-known power forward, played a lot with the Maple Leafs. Uh, Neal's, James Neal's from Toronto. So he's been working out with Gary Roberts, who's become of a, a bit of a hockey fitness guru for players in the off-season in particular, particularly guys who spend their off-seasons in Toronto with their summers. But one of those players is Connor McDavid. He works out with Gary Roberts every summer as well. So I don't know if there's any benefit. I would think so, at least becoming, they probably know each other if they've been working out with Gary Roberts for the last few seasons or the last few summers. But you have to think that both McDavid and James Neal are thinking, hey, we're going to be playing together in the summer. I wonder if that has any benefit. I think it does because getting to know a guy away from the rink is, is very important. And I think that's the the one thing when when you do drop a free agent into a dressing room is how much time does he spend away from the rink with these other guys. Like I, you know, you know, Goudreau and Monaghan are best friends and Kachuk is in there as well. And, and so when you get to spend guys away from the arena and, and, you know, working out with them, and I'm sure they're hanging out together in Toronto, you really get to know who he is and then, and you really get to see if your personalities mesh and, and, and come together. So I think that is a huge benefit. The fact that they're both working out with Gary Roberts and, and Gary Roberts, he runs a, a great camp that NHLers flock to because they know that, He's no nonsense. He's all business and he's going to get the best out of you in the off season. So you can hopefully translate it into a very, very good season. And I think it says a lot that when you go to the Stanley Cup final, you, you come out of there, win or lose, really beat up. And I think it takes a few weeks to kind of just heal before you can think about getting into the gym, think about lifting, think about, because it's a grind. It, it really is. It, it just, it's a, it's survival of the fittest almost that the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's, it's, and so if you recover, rest and recover, and then you, you're behind. And I think that's maybe the situation was with James Neal. He just was trying to recover and he didn't, didn't get the runway that you need as a professional NHL player to kind of attack the season. And I think it, things have changed now. Back in whatever it was, 20, 30 years ago, you came to training camp to get in shape. That's what it was for. Now, if you're not in shape by the time you get to training camp, that's a big red flag. And, and it's it's kind of amazing how the whole thing is, has developed and training camp is coming a little shorter now because players are already in shape and they're expected to be in shape when they get there. And if they're not, they get called out on it. 
you know, obviously it's, we haven't seen Neil wearing an Oilers jersey or anything yet. So it's hard to really predict what's going to happen, but I think we've been pretty positive and dare I say excited about the possibility of Neil being able to contribute. I mean, obviously it's tempered by his uh, poor showing last year, but, you know, like you say, he did have the two straight Stanley Cup years and getting worn down, not, you know, from what I've read, not prepared last year when he stepped in with the Flames. One thing though, and I think about that excitement, think back to 2016 when the Oilers traded Taylor Hall to New Jersey mm-hmm. and then subsequently brought in Lucic as a free agent, you know, filling some of the salary uh, they would have paid to Hall with Lucic's. In fact, it was pretty much the same salary. You know, in a lot of ways, Milan Lucic was expected to fill some of the offense that Taylor Hall uh, was leaving, yeah. you know, that the Oilers were not getting that with Hall going to New Jersey. But I think in hindsight, and you know, even back then, you really expecting Milan Lucic to be Taylor Hall? No, I don't think so. But what if what if it had been? I mean, not that he was available, of course. What if that player had been a James Neal instead of a Milan Lucic? I mean, James Neal is not Taylor Hall. Yeah. Taylor Hall is, you know, he's he won the Hart Trophy. He's one of the most dynamic players in the NHL. A lot of people still think he should be here in Edmonton wearing number four. Mm-hmm. But I think if James Neal was offered up as, hey, you know what? We had to trade Taylor Hall because we needed a defenseman. For however you, never mind. I don't want to get into that argument. <laughs> we could have that argument till we're dead. But I think James Neal might have, who knows? Like you put him on the top line right away with uh, Connor McDavid three years ago. Wow, who knows? You never know. No, you're right. And I think you're absolutely right. When when that was the, the rationale, behind bringing Lucic in, I think the rationale is we're going to ship off Taylor Hall, we're going to get uh, a first-pairing defenseman, and we bring in Lucic, and we get a guy that can get you 20 goals. So I think that was kind of the trade-off. Um, my knock on that was I thought the Lucic contract was way too long. Seven years is way too long. This is a guy that was already kind of on his way down. I didn't think the drop-off would be as bad as it was in his second year. Like sure, he, yeah. like His first no year was pretty no good. No one yeah. And drop-off was bad in the second year, and it was just as bad last year. But if it had been a four-year deal, then you're looking at, okay, well, you know, we got a good year out of him. We couldn't get, and then we moved him. But now there's still three years left on this deal or four years left on this deal. So that, to me, was the problem I had with that contract. It was way too long. But you're right. If it had been Neil, that would have been very interesting. If he had come in here and had been able to chip in 20 goals and 25 goals that he got in Vegas and, and those goals, and you would have wondered, you know, where would the orders have been if they if it was Neil instead of Lucic? It, it, that's a very interesting, you know, uh, very interesting, I guess, proposal. I guess it would be the word I'm yeah. looking for. Is I mean, that, he wasn't a free agent at the time. I mean, we could jump in the fantasy time yeah. machine and play this game with all kinds of players. Yeah, you're right. And I'm sure that if James Neal had been a free agent at the same time, he might have commanded more money. You know, I think considering where he was uh, in his NHL career at that time, you know, that was before he was still with Nashville. Two seasons later, they went to the cup final, but still, he was a top line bonafide yeah. 30 goal scoring type first line winger. Yeah. He probably would have gotten at least another million dollars. Yeah. He probably Who knows? But maybe the carrot of playing with McDavid would have been enough. But again, total fantasy, all that. You know, I'll have one more thing about James Neal to add and does relate to you because back in 2007, you covered the Memorial Cup yeah. and that it was the Medicine Hat Tigers and the Vancouver Giants were the two teams from the Western Hockey League that were in that. It was hosted by Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Medicine Hat had won the title beating Vancouver. 
uh, for the Western League title. But the other two teams were uh, from the Quebec League was the Lewiston Maniacs. And the OHL team, whose star was James Neal, yep. was the Plymouth Winners. So you got to see Milan Lucic and James Neal. Yeah, I did. I saw as I juniors. That, as juniors, I covered that tournament, and, they, and you knew they were both going to be bona fide NHL star players. I think uh, Plymouth didn't do very well in that tournament. I think they they were out early. I think they lost their first game, something like six three, and then it was pretty much they threw. In There's the always towel. one team that has to flame <laughs> yeah, out and yeah. lose every game. Yeah, so it was probably they Plymouth. Threw in the towel. They got blown out their second game, and so that was. Uh, I was very interested because it was a uh, was a medicine at um, Vancouver final, and the Giants won that that final. So it was it's quite interesting. But you could tell that both players were going to be impact players, and I think Lucic made was a bigger impact when he came in as a rookie, just because. He was physically bigger and stronger and ready for the NHL, and he was he was just a just a beast back then, and he made a bigger impact early on in his career. And I think Neil kind of made a more consistent impact. And I think he's now they're both at the same stage in their careers. They're both thirty one years old, but I think Neil I think Neil still has a lot more in the tank than maybe Milan Lucic does. <laughs> That's the Oil Spills podcast for today. You can subscribe to Oil Spills via Apple's podcast app or iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you may access your podcasts. 